no, we, you know, I mean, we, we just, uh, we, the bears are what we thought they were. What, what, what we thought they were. Say that one more time, play. Oh! One more time. Oh! One more time. Welcome to the Bears Centrals. On today's show, we break down the Bears' Week 18 loss to the Minnesota Vikings and much, much more. And A-Dub, I'm so glad that we don't have to talk about any more of these goddamn losses, bro. Yeah, man, those losses piled up, bro. Got tired of seeing it. I got tired of talking about it. Got tired of talking about it. Audience, you guys didn't hear from us last week because you know what? I didn't want to give y'all some bullshit because I was so angry. All you would have heard is fucking 40 minutes of me just like, Talking shit about this team. We know what this season was about, but it still didn't make it easy to watch it, A-Dub. It did not make it easy. Yeah, it was disappointing to watch the last two games of the season, especially Week 17, Prez. It was just tough, man, and um, you're, you're right. Started. We got blitzed in that game, and the fact that Justin got fucking killed in that game the way he got killed, that was one of the reasons why I looked at you and I said, A-Dub, we ain't recording this week, man. <laughs> and I'm glad we did not. <laughs> My whole thing is this, man. We we I feel now I know the fan base. You got a lot of people out here talking crazy. Now that we got this number one pick, yeah, audience, we got that number one pick. We're gonna get into that in a second. But now, AW, you got these fools out here on Twitter. Now that we got this number one pick, trying to talk themselves into the fact of the Bears potentially looking at some of these quarterback prospects in the draft. Like we don't have Justin Fields on our team right now. <laughs> the total like, disrespect, man. The disrespect. And what more does this kid have to show them? Dude, if just if Justin Fields didn't play this season, bro, this would have been a zero win team. Shit, oh, honest, you guys would have probably had a couple weeks where you were like, "Hey, what happened with Dub and, and Prez, man? Uh, like, you know <laughs> what happened? We ain't got no Justin Fields. I'm sick and tired of talking about this shit." <laughs> right, <laughs> but you're right, Prez. He's the one that made this offense go. No, you guys saw what it was. Fucking Nathan Peterman, Boyle. You saw that fucking quack of a throw he threw up there. Duke Shelley got him a pick, and then Duke Shelley out here spiking the ball at, at midfield, thinking he did something. I'm like, bro, you got an interception from our fucking quarterback that will never see the fucking field in Chicago ever get in his life. So if you happy about that shit, great. You still got burnt when you were here in Chicago. So great. Enjoy that shit. But you know what? He's going to the playoffs. We're not. So I guess he gets the last laugh. He said he did that shit because he felt disrespected that he got cut. But he's got to take some, some responsibility in that. You got cut because you were not good. The Bears gave him an opportunity for many weeks to go out there and show improvement. And he did not. So good for him that he got to change the scenery and playing well for the Vikings. But in Chicago, you didn't do that. No, he didn't. I called his ass toast on this show. Y'all remember that shit because it was true. Every time yeah. you saw a damn play and a highlight being made, you saw another team scoring and you saw 20 chasing after the guy. So, I don't know. I just didn't like that little shit. Jaquan Brisker, he came out and said he didn't like that shit. And I don't like right. Jaquan Brisker. Jaquan Brisker, he's showing a little bit of that feistiness. He's showing you a little bit of that. He about to be a future leader on this team because he was like, no, no, no. He said, you ain't going to come in here and do that kind of shit. And that's the part of when you build a culture. 
When you build a culture, A-Dub, you don't put up with little shit like that. You don't put up with a guy like Aaron Rodgers doing the I own you bullshit. No, 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 no. Right. When you build a culture, you show people you're not going to come in our stadium with that bullshit. And see, we got to get back to that type of attitude. Because the Bears, you think somebody was going to do that to the 85 Bears, the Bears in the early 90s? They weren't going to do that shit. They weren't going to come in, in Soldier Field of disrespect because they feared the Bears and that Bears defense. We got to get back to that point. And that's why this offseason for Ryan Poles, A-Dub, is the most important offseason. We keep talking about that. But I'm telling you, brother, the most important offseason in Chicago Bears franchise history. And that's not cap. <laughs> this is the most important fran- This is the most important offseason in the history. Not only the number one pick, A-Dub, all the money in cap space. But he's got to upgrade this roster. There's so many position groups, A-Dub, that need to be impacted. So many. You and I have talked about this throughout the season. The offensive line, the defensive line. I mean, you just got to improve this team big time. You can't leave Justin Fields hanging. And we just saw what happened to that kid after going out there week after week, taking too much punishment and all that stuff that it adds up. So you're right. Brian Poles got his hands full. He's going to have to spend some money. He's going to have to draft extremely well. And this is a very important offseason, like you said, for Ryan Poles. And not just spend money, but you got to spend money in the right places. You know what I yeah. mean? So that's going to be important. But also, too, you win an NFL in the trenches. Offensive line, defensive line. But we need some fucking playmakers. Now, yeah. there was somebody on Twitter that they tried to, like, come at us because during the preseason, we said that we thought that Darnell Mooney could be a number one wide receiver. Well, we saw what happened this season. Darnell Mooney fell short of the expectation. True. And then now people want to sit here. They want to pull up old takes of people's and they want to say, oh, well, this didn't age well. Well, it's like, listen, at least I put my name on my take. It's easy to sit here and second guess somebody after the fact. But when I'm at Howell's Hall or when I'm at Soldier Field Fest and I'm seeing Darnell Mooney making play after play, what do you think I'm going to say? I'm not going to sit up here and tell you that I think the kid is going to have an awful year because that's not what I thought. I saw a lot of progression from him over the course of the summer. It didn't translate to the field, but I can only tell you what I was telling you. And, and honestly, I still believe in Darnell Mooney. Okay, you may say, hey, President in, in A-Dub, he ain't no number one. Fine. He's still going to be a good-ass receiver in this league, though. And that's the key right there, Pres. He's still going to be a good wide receiver. We saw what happened this year. It was multiple things that went on this season. It wasn't just a Darnell Mooney issue, right, Perez? It was a lot of things going on from an offensive line, from us running the football to wanting to pass the football, just so many different um, aspects of the game that was changing throughout the season that impacted his production too. You know, you also saw defenses load up on him as well. So, so many things that took you got to take in consideration. And then also, you look at the previous season he had, he had a 1,000 yards. You expected that to go up, right? So, I can under, they can have to understand why we felt that this guy could take that next step. It was just so many good things we saw last season and in all the seasons that said, hey, he is on the right track. Now, like you said, did the production show it? No, but guess what? He get a chance to do it again next season once he's healthy. Listen, he heals up. You get a better offensive line. Justin Fields and him have another offseason to work out and train together to get that chemistry even tighter. But then you yep. get some other pieces around him. So that way teams aren't able to double up on Mooney because that's what ended up happening. Teams are focusing on him, and they shut his ass down. (laughs) And that's just good scouting on the opponents. That's what you're supposed to do. Take out their best weapon, 
because they had no other weapons and we didn't at that time. So they've done their job. But like you said, Perez, once this Bears team upgrade, that'll give us a chance to do a lot of things with Darnell Moon. Yes, sir. Now, I mean, this week 18 game, I was so glad that Justin Fields didn't play. I wish they would have pulled him out in the week 17 game because there was no point in him taking them shots. He was obviously injured. After yep. he made that long run and he took a, a hit, he didn't look the same anymore. And I'm like, dude, the guy is visibly hurt. You can see he's trying to tough it out. But Justin wasn't even trying to run in that game. He was just standing in the pocket, lame duck. Yeah. Not moving around, wasn't elusive. You knew something was going on. And I'm glad that the organization made that decision to shut him down. I know a lot of people in the fan base are like, oh, the Bears, they're in full tank mode and this and that. I'm like, well, whether it's a tank or whether they did it to preserve the guy, who cares? Because from our standpoint, what was Justin, what was, was it worth Justin Fields trying to break some record that at the end of the damn day don't really matter? Or keeping his intact, healthy going into this offseason? And to your point, Perez, it's about his health. That was more important than anything else. You want this kid to have a long career. Trotting him out there to get some yards to break a record, it's not going to do him any justice. I mean, you, you saw in that game, that punishment caught up with him. It and did catch did, up, yeah. yeah. He didn't look the same at all, Chris, like you said, man. I saw some of the throws he was throwing out there. I was like, yeah, he's not looking good. He couldn't run, like you said. I saw one play. It's one of those plays where we saw Justin Fields get away and break tackles. He couldn't do it any longer. I was at that point like, hey, get him out the game now. Why continue yeah. to risk it? And I thought that Eberflus, in my opinion, made a mistake by keeping the game a little bit longer in a game that means absolutely nothing for the Chicago Bears. Yeah, he tried to even explain it away, saying, well, we, we we sat down and we talked and we you know we made the evaluation. We talked to Justin. I'm like, ain't no talking to Justin. Right. You take the helmet <laughs> and say, see you next season. <laughs> That's it, friends. That's really what it comes down to, man. Look, we're trying to protect your career, kid. I understand you want to play. I get it. I understand you're a competitor. But sometimes you got to protect players from themselves. And that was an opportunity for the Bears to do so, and they failed on that. Man, especially with that offensive line. Sacked seven more times pressured often and like you said man he doesn't have that burst he didn't have that normal Justin Fields ability to get away from people and you can just right. tell he was laboring and you don't want a guy in a game like that man because football as we always talk about you can't play football half speed you can't play football injured you can't it, it, things happen too quick look at the, the DeMar Hamlin situation yeah routine tackle bang bang play the guy has cardiac arrest on the field and A-Dub that recovery from him, nothing short of amazing. The medical staff that went out there and saved this man's life. Oh, man. I mean, that DeMar Hamlin situation, it shook me, bro. When that happened, yeah. another reason why all this, where I, I just didn't feel like podcasting because I just felt it was inappropriate for us to get on here and talk about some Bears loss when this guy right here in that situation with DeMar Hamlin fighting for his life. So out of respect for him, I said, you know what? We'll just double up next week, man. But I was just really hoping that everything was going to be okay because I'm telling you, A-Dub, when you saw the reaction of his teammates and all this that was going on, I didn't know which way that the situation was going to end. And you made a good point. You talk about us doing a show during that time. I'm glad we didn't because you're right. It was about Hamlin. And there are things that are bigger than football. And that was a situation that was just bigger than football. And to now to see that he's been released from the hospital press, yes, sir. that's big ups, man. And I'm glad that He's doing much better, and I hope he have a full recovery. But I'll tell you, man, I was shook, and it also should shook up a lot of fans to realize that, hey, we see these kids put their lives on the line every day to go play football, and anything can happen to them. So we're being critical of these players. We got to think about it, that, hey, 
These players are really going out there, man, doing something that most people in this world cannot do. Exactly. And that's why on this show, we try to humanize these guys because I honestly feel like the old way the media guys kind of treated athletes, they didn't treat them like humans. They treat right. them like a football player, like just like an object out there on the field. And, and I feel like when you see a situation like Hamlin, yeah, he literally died on the field in front of his mom. We have to put that type of stuff in perspective. That's somebody's son, brother. Uncle, you know what? All those Agreed. things. Like there's a there's a there's an army of people that that depend on him and that care about him, and it goes beyond a fucking sport. And, and trust me, A Dub and I, we love the sport. But I was so conflicted in that moment. I was like, A Dub, I don't feel like this is appropriate, bro. We was gonna try to sneak one out there for y'all, but I said, Nah, I don't feel right doing it. And I'm glad we didn't. But I'm glad that he's doing well. Shout out to everybody that donated to his charity. I wish the people would donate to charities before a tragic event happens. That man right. only had 2500 bucks in that charity. Then a tragic event happens to him where he almost dies. Now he's got $10 million in there. I think the silver lining for that is let's be kind always. Because when we come together for shit, man, we could be great. Situations that are bigger than just the sport of football or any sport. Doing something that kind, having a toy drive, any kind of thing you're doing for the public service, it's always important for people to get behind that stuff. And don't use a tragic situation to justify that. Do it anyway. Be kind of like Perez is saying. That's the most important thing you can do and make it a routine thing every single day. Yeah, it shouldn't just be, like I said, a dub. It shouldn't be something that you do because you think, oh, man, this person might pass away or, oh, my yeah. God. You know, like, so, so for instance, I'll, I'll tell you, we had toy drives. Great response. Great response. But... God forbid if something would have happened to one of us, A-Dub, I would never want a situation where people are donating to something that we're doing because something happened to us. I want right. you to do that because I want in your heart to say, you want a kid to have Christmas. You want a kid to have an opportunity. You want a kid to have a book back when we do back to school stuff. That is meaningful to me. Don't do it because you're like, oh man, something happened in the prayers or something happened to Dub. No, do it because you care about the children. Do it because you just care. You want to be a better person. That that, that was the, the lesson that I took from that situation of it was awesome that people gave back, but could we just do that just in general? Yeah. You know what I mean, that man's that man's charity had been going on for two years. And nobody right. was tapping into it. Yep. And that's the stuff that you and I talk a lot about of promoting. It's so quick for people to promote things that go bad for us yes. and give it a press release on all the things that happens bad. But when things are going good, like what Hamlin was doing out there for the people, those are the kind of things we need to be encouraging more of, you know, and putting the spotlight on those kind of things because that got some coverage because he got, you know, almost died because he died on the field, came back to life. But that should have been done because he's doing a good deed for people in general. And that's what we want to see more of happening when people are promoting those kind of things with these players because people always throw out there what they say wrong, what they say incorrectly, what they say respectfully. But what about these other things mm -hmm. they're doing for their cities and states that they'll get enough coverage to show that, hey, they are human and they're doing a human deed. Oh, and God forbid the moral police out here that act like they never made a mistake in their life and they <laughs> want a screenshot and oh man, he did this and he did that and he said this and he said that. And I'm like, well, what you doing behind closed doors that nobody know about? Right. <laughs> exactly. So, no, man, I, I just, man, that situation, man, it hit me. A-Dub, I'm just so glad that this kid is okay. I love the fact of how not only the NFL community wrapped their arms around him, but I just feel like the country did, man. I feel like sure. in that moment, 
that was one of those moments I'm never going to forget because I feel like a whole country came together for this young man. It really did, Prez. And I ain't gonna lie, man. I definitely enjoyed seeing how everyone were on the same page and how we felt about Hamlin and all the praise we gave to the medical staffs of what the job they've done and all the people involved. It was just great to see that everyone's on the same page. Absolutely. Well, A-Dub, week 18, we had a good week. Now, all this, I know they were like, what the hell Prez talking about? Well, listen, we got a good week because we earned that number one pick. <laughs> Thanks to our boy, Lovey Smith. Shout out to Lovey Smith, another partner <laughs> gift. Yes, sir. Yes, hey. sir, Lovey. You're looking out, Lovey. We appreciate it, man. <laughs> and Lovey got fired, so Lovey probably knew that shit was coming. He was like, fuck them. We going to win this damn game. <laughs> Lovey, hey, like, Lovey. I ain't care. Lovey, like, I don't care about no goddamn draft pick. He's like, we about to win this bitch, and y'all draft the number two next year. Kiss my ass. And I tell you, Lovey, Bears Nation, we appreciate the good deed. Hell yeah, because it's a big difference between drafting number one and number two in this new NFL landscape. Because what Ryan Poles could do with that draft pick is nine teams, maybe 10, A-Dub, that are all going to be looking for a quarterback for the chance to draft a, a Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud if they like that. Yep. Dude, Ryan Poles will be able to get them draft picks that we gave up when we drafted Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, I said it. <laughs> We're going to be able to do that to some dumbass team looking for a quarterback, and I can't wait. He has a lot on his plate. He can do a lot with that number one draft pick. I mean, you ride poles, you are in the driver's seat. Hey, listen to all those offers. Listen to all the people who want to do something number one draft pick. Hey, take your time, man. But definitely, you got a lot of options with that. No, he got tons of options. But I got, I'm going to sidetrack for a second on this because that Lovey Smith situation, it bothers me. So you sit here and you hire Lovey as your coach. You know your team is tanking, and then you fire him after one season. He don't even get a chance to put his system in place with this team. So you put him in this situation where you know you set him up for failure, then you fire him. You did that to the coach this last year. What are they doing? And see, that's my whole thing is the way that this shit works. These teams are the tanking. At least the Bears, they know, okay, Eberflus, hey, this season, we're not, we're not counting this season against you. We want you to be here to build the culture. We want you to do the things on a day-to-day -day basis to get this team set up for next year. Him and Ryan Poles are on the same page. What happened to Lovey? How come Lovey didn't get that same benefit? See, I don't like that type of shit. I don't like that. Lovey deserves better than that. I thought Lovey got the short end of the stick. Well, unless you're Urban Meyer, then fuck him. But <laughs> Right, right, right. That's a different situation, though, right? Different yep. situation. But from Lovey's standpoint, I mean, a decent coach who wanted to get back in the NFL. I didn't think he do a, did a bad job this season. Unfortunately, he didn't get the wins. I thought Houston Texans, Texans at times played very well press. But at the end of the day, you want to see a guy have a chance. And it looks like Houston Texans did not give Lovey Smith a chance at all. So can him that soon, press? it was like, wow, that's just two years in a row you're doing it. I mean, when Hopkins came out and talked about the Texans, I knew he was on to something as a player. But yep. now you start to see this here with the coaching staff, and you see what happens to a Lovey Smith. You're like, okay, that Houston, Texas team just isn't right. We'll just call it what it is. It's McNair. It's the owner of the team. And you can't dispute things when people sit here and they tell you something. And a guy like DeAndre Hopkins, when he speaks, and a guy of that nature, 
Yep. You, know, you, you got to listen to these guys because they ain't just blowing smoke. Right. And like I said, that situation with Houston pissed me off. I'm done off my soapbox there, but I didn't like the way Lovey was treated. Y'all know I definitely didn't like the way that Lovey got treated here in Chicago getting fired. I'm like, man, Lovey just be getting fired. And I'm like, man, give the man a chance. Here in, at the University of Illinois, he got fired. And I know people are going to sit here and tell me the program was still under Lovey's leadership. But guess what? If you look at some of these players that are in the NFL right now and some of the players that that, that's, um, that stood out on this team for the Illini, those are Lovey's guys. Now, I'll give Brett Bielma his kudos and say, well, Brett, you know, maybe got the best out of Chase Brown and such. But those were Lovey's players. Those are players that Lovey brought into that program. And those are some of the things that people forget about, Prez, the impact of a coach and what he's done for that team. Sometimes the success doesn't come that same year. It can come the next following year. And I think people forget about those things. Yeah, I mean, shit, look at Kirby Joseph. He owns Aaron Rodgers. He a former <laughs> line He was a recruit of Lovey Smith when, when Kirby was, was at Illinois. You know what I'm saying? And all yep. Kirby Joseph does is pick off. Your boy Aaron Rodgers. God, I love, <laughs> and that's another reason why I'm so happy right now because not only do we get the number one pick, but the Packers lose and miss the fucking playoffs. Because guess what? If we ain't going to the playoffs, then you motherfuckers ain't going either. <laughs> that look on Aaron Rodgers' face after a loss, man, <laughs> that is priceless, bro. But salute to the Lions. They went out there and did their job over in Lambeau. But, man, the Packers, you all going home, you'll be doing what the Bears are doing. Well, not quite because the Bears have no one draft pick, but you got to <laughs> read by with your entire team. <laughs> Listen, we got the number one draft pick, cap space, a quarterback. <laughs> y'all quarterback about to leave y'all motherfuckers. This is a wrap for y'all. Right. <laughs> they got and I can't wait. And I can't wait because these fucking Packers fans was born on third base. Y'all had Brett Favre followed by Aaron Rodgers. Y'all just had quarterback play after legendary quarterback play. And what, how many Super Bowls do they have to show for it? One? Yeah. Well, Brett so, won one and Aaron won one. Right, right, Ooh. right. Cool story. It's 30 years of fucking superior quarterback play. That's all you got to show for it. <laughs> That's it, man. And now that ship is sinking. Man, I can't wait. It, it couldn't have happened to a greater group of people. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> I hear you on that, bro. I'm saying that's the one of the dumbest fan bases I've ever come across in my fucking life. I'm sorry, but I, I get so tired of looking at them and, and they've got all their little jokes and the bears are this and the bears are that. And I'm sitting here like, okay, but at least we're realistic. At least we root for our team. When they start losing some games, they don't know how to handle that shit. They, they start freaking out. I'm like, listen, at least over <laughs> here, we ride with our team. The fan base, we all ride for the bears, man. And to see how the fan base are treating the Packers is just hilarious at this point. And they in, they in, they in for another crazy offseason. I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm going to have my popcorn ready. First and <laughs> foremost, Ryan Poles. Listen, I gave you a checklist for around Christmas time. Make sure you listen to that. I'm going to have to send it to you. I'll, I'll listen. I'll send it in. I already saved it. I already given it to Santa. But Ryan Poles, that first and foremost, I'm watching you. But secondly... I'll be looking to see what Green Bay ain't going to be doing this offseason because it's going to be <laughs> shitty for them. Oh, it's going to be shitty. It's going to be tough. But I'll tell you, man, I am excited to see what Ryan Poles does, and I hope he can, again, look at that center bag that you got out there, Perez, and take some good things out of it, man. Man, I'm telling you, I, put, I had some good stuff. I had some goodies in there now. I had some goodies. <laughs> That's Straight right. Up. 
<laughs> straight up. But I just remember back to the beginning part of the season when a lot of Bears fans were screaming and they were really upset with Lewis Reddick. And I think you probably remember what Lewis Reddick said. He said that the Bears are going to have the worst record in the, in, the, in the league. And a lot of Bears fans, they scorched him. And I remember these same Bears fans are the ones that wanted Lewis Reddick to be the GM of the Bears. And I feel like they owe Lewis Reddick an apology because Lewis Reddick saw what it was. He saw a team that did not build around Justin Fields. Yeah. He saw a team that was a shell of what it should be. I mean, you look at this offensive line, and you think that's a, a capable offensive line? No. Justin Fields doesn't have a fucking chance. So Lewis Reddick saw that shit ahead of time. And I just think the Bears fans, sometimes we, we should not overreact because somebody tells the truth about your team. You got to be able to handle the truth. I know yeah. it hurts. <laughs> I know. I didn't like hearing it either, but it was true. So we got to give them kudos for spotting a mile away. The same fans that was calling Lewis Reddick a fraud and an idiot, them the same fans that was up here doing jumping jacks and upside down flips when we got the number one pick. Can't have it both ways. Can't have it both ways. Not at you know all. Because I'll tell you what, the A-Dub, I don't like the lose. When you're a team, you don't want to have a culture that becomes accustomed to losing. Like Justin Fields, he hasn't lost a lot of games in his career leading up to coming to Chicago. You don't want him to start to become apathetic to lose. That's why we got to turn this thing around right away. Right. Absolutely, Perez. That makes total sense there because once you get accustomed to losing, that becomes your DNA over time. And we don't need our quarterback pulling that way. We want to make sure our quarterback can stay the way he is now, humble, working towards building himself up, building his skill sets up, etc. We want to continue doing that. Audience, we ain't going to do a whole bunch of analysis on week 18 because you guys don't really give a shit. Listen, it was no Justin Fields. We had Peterman-Boyle combination out there, bro. <laughs> Just bad on bad. Like, seriously, <laughs> it was just bad and bad. I, I will say this, though. Seeing David Montgomery out there on the field, it felt to me, A-Dub, like that was his last game at Soldier Field. Yeah. I saw video of him after the game with his family. They were taking pictures at midfield. I saw him have an embrace with Justin Fields today. It kind of feels like, to me, like that might have been the end of uh, David Montgomery here in Chicago. But, yeah, it did feel like that was it for David Montgomery. and um. It'll be sad to see him go, but we do understand this is a business. I get it. But, man, I do love a player like that who gives it his all every game he plays. So, Of course, everybody knows that, man. That guy was the heart and soul for this offense for many seasons. Shit, before we had a Justin Fields, when we were trotting out, and I'm not going to go after people, but we were trotting <laughs> out other quarterbacks. Man, every team in the league knew that they were giving that ball to Montgomery, and he yep. still was making shit happen. The guy was a battering ram for us. He was the center point, the focal point in his office. But again, A-Dub is a business. Yeah. This is the tough side of business that you see, right? Yep. Running backs in this NFL, they're undervalued. Once you get through with that rookie contract, they look at to replace you. Yep. They're not going to pay you. They're not going to give you that second contract. He has handled this all season, this entire season, very well without making his contract a situation. I mean, this guy has handled it like a very well professional that you and I have spoke about. So I am proud of the way he did not allow his contract to become a distraction for the Chicago Bears. Well, David Montgomery, first and foremost, is a professional. But secondly, he's a team first guy. And so yep. that's what you expect from him. I'm sure behind closed doors, his agent was probably having a conversation with Ryan Poles. But if you're David Montgomery, you see, look at the hard decision they made with Roquan Smith. Ryan Poles right. had no emotion towards that. <laughs> none 
Ryan Poles didn't draft Roquan Smith. He was like, look, this is your number. This is the value that we see for you. You see something else for yourself, you can go. And they sent his ass off to Baltimore. The thing with David Montgomery, I'm sure it's going to be a little bit more class involved there because I'm sure Ryan Poles understands his importance to this franchise. David right. Montgomery has earned a shit ton of respect in that locker room. Not to say that Roquan did it. But I look at a guy like Montgomery, A-Dub, that's a fucking Chicago Bear football player, man. Like, when you think about the Bears and the Bears when we were, like, something, David Montgomery is that type of player that could have played on one of those teams. And that just makes you even more proud of a guy like a Dave Montgomery and a pleasure having him be part of Bears culture. Yes, sir. Now, we don't know what's going to happen in the future. I'm holding out hope that he comes back on a team-friendly contract. Absolutely, man. All right, A-Dub, man, before we get out of here, I do want to give out some game balls for Week 18. Even though, audience, we didn't do a whole lot of analysis on this game because at the end of the day, y'all don't care about that shit. So let's get out <laughs> some game balls. A-Dub, offense, what say you? I'm going to go Valus Jones, man. I like boy, what he was doing boy. now. <laughs> boy, talk about the Rook, man. He is definitely, definitely down the stretch, man. Stepped it up. Love to see that. That's how you rebound, Velas. Yep. He rebounded very well, Prez. I mean, it was like a lot of hate thrown towards his way for yep. making mistakes on punt returns. And it seemed like he couldn't figure it out. But I'll tell you, late in this season, he has figured some things out. He's been doing very good on kickoff return. He's been doing good when he, in the spread moments of run the football or even in the passing game. So he's been playing pretty good, and I want to see him continue with that next season. So hopefully he can take this year and bit off of it. And I know a lot of us, we we bought into that narrative about him being Debo light. Let's just let him be Velas Jones Jr., okay? Let's just be Velas <laughs> Jones Jr. And guess what? When I saw him on that 42-yard run, A-Dub tiptoeing down that sideline, I was like, ooh, wee, that was a nice play. Talk about athleticism, bro. And still kept that speed to score that touchdown. He broke through that, man. I said, that's what I'm talking about. That's not giving up. That's hard work. That's determination. That's trying to get to the whole end result. Touchdown, baby. He made it happen. I like your game bar recipient there because now, audience, that 42-yard run was impressive. But what was even more impressive to me was that catch that he made in the, four, in the first quarter. That catch that he made in the first quarter, A-Dub, on that awful throw by Peterman. Yeah. That shit was so <laughs> underthrown. It was. Man, just imagine if he would have connected on that, that would have been a touchdown. But the adjustment that he made to make that catch, God damn, that was a good back shoulder catch. Yeah, man. He, he's, he could be a, he has potential to be a playmaker for the Bears. So salute to him. I just want to continue going at it, going forward, Prez. But man, I was impressed with him these last few games I mentioned before. And salute to him for having a pretty solid game out there. And that's a play that he doesn't make early in the season. And that's when you see young guys, you want to see them develop. Well, you're seeing a development. And you yep. got to give a guy like Tyke Tolbert credit for the work that he's done with developing Velas Jones. Because coming out of college, a lot of us talked about how Velas Jones wasn't a developed wide receiver. He's showing you, hey, I got some ability now with this thing. You know, hanging there with me because he's right. making some plays. And I like that. Yep, and also one last thing on the man, the mental side of it, Perez, to take all the criticism that he's taken all season and then to come back and do what he's doing now, it just shows you his character and what type of person he is and also the coaching staff at instilling confidence in him down the stretch. Yes, sir. My game ball is going to Cole Komet. <laughs> oh. our, pa our passing offense has been awful this season. Everybody, you guys know it. But Cole Komet has been a bright spot. 
Now you gotta think about it in this ball game here. He closed it down pretty well. Another yeah. touchdown for Cole, seven on the season. And what he served this season to me, which I really was expecting to be the case last season, was he was a security blanket for Justin Fields in his offense. We finally unlocked Cole Komet. The last regime wasn't able to do so. Now, Lugetsi and his staff, they found a way to get Cole Komet involved. And this bodes well for the future because Cole Komet, I think, is going to be a vital piece in this offense. And like I said, him and Justin Fields have great chemistry. And so Cole Komet, my game bar recipient for Week 18, great game. Talk about a guy that didn't quit. I mean, you saw him out there. That game meant something to him. And, and, and it's great because you still had guys out there. They weren't worried about no damn tanking. There was guys out there flying around the football and playing hard. It's true. And, and that's what it's about, Prez. And I know we know the business side of the Prez of getting the one number one draft pick and all that stuff. But to those current players that you and I talked about who are in the locker room, who are playing now, they don't care about that stuff. They want to play and win. That's what it's all about for those guys who are already on the team, already playing. They just want to win and give it their best. And I'll tell you, man, Cole went out there and said, hey, look, I'm going to play to the end of it. So I got nothing left. And he went out there and he performed. So salute to Cole. You've been playing very well. Glad they're able to get you involved in the offense. Well, and also, too, you look at all the young guys that have been pressed into action out there. They're not worried about tanking. They're out there trying to make plays. They're trying to stick yep. on this roster. They're trying to uh, put some good film out there so other teams may see them in case the Bears aren't able to get them. A guy like Khalil Herbert, who came off the IR, who we're pretty much thinking is going to probably be our number one back next season. Well, look at him out there fighting for tough yards in a game that meant nothing for us in the grand scheme of things, battling out there, playing sure hurts. Yeah, man. And that's the one thing about these players, Perez. Their dream was to make the NFL, and now their dream now is to stay in the NFL. And it's not about them thinking about next season or being replaced. It's about them showing that, hey, this is why they should stay. And a lot of these players, man, for the Bears in this last game, a lot of them went out there and gave it their all, man. And hopefully some good things work out for all of them next season. Agreed. My uh, defensive game ball, I'm giving it to Justin Jones. Now, we know this Bears defense has had so many injuries they dub. I'm not retracing anything there. Right. And, and we weren't that good against the Vikings either, especially them backups in the second half. But anyway, I want to pick <laughs> on them. But I thought Justin Jones, I thought he stood out, bro. Three tackles for a loss in the ball game. But I think he's going to be a guy that we're probably going to see back next year. He's got one year left on that contract, A-Dub. And you talk about the coach. Well, this is a guy right here that I think is a winning football player. And I can't wait to see him on a defensive line that's going to have some beefed up talent on it. So Justin Jones is my game ball recipient on defense for week 18. I like that one, man. I like Justin Jones. And you're right, Perez. With a better surrounding group, I think he can be even better. I think it was tough for him this season overall because, you know, the nature of the team, right? How that's changed over on the defensive side of it. But it's going to be interesting to see how he plays next season. And hopefully he can, you know, make a big a bigger impact with a better team surrounded by being surrounded by a better team. So good for him, man. I, I like the guy. I want to see more of him for sure. My game ball, I went on ahead and went with Jaquan Brisker. I said, man, you know, the guy went out there, played hard as well, Perez, everywhere on the field. Didn't quite get the interceptions, things like that, though. But you can see that he's out there. He can make some hits, as you and I both know. And people know that, hey, Jaquan Brisker is a player. I mean, in a meaningless game, Perez, 
he out there launching to try to get an interception, man, on yep. one of those on plays. And I'm like, man, this is a meaningless game. And he's still playing like it's the first week of the season. So salute to Jaquan Brisker. I like the way he plays. And um, we're going to see some great things that you and I always talk about in the future with him, especially next season. He's a winning football player, bro. That's that's what that's what you want. That's culture. That and yep. that's the things that I talk about. That's the culture that Matt Eberflus has has brought to this organization. And so a guy like Jaquan Brisker, yeah, maybe is he out of position sometimes? I'm sure he is. I see it on film. But guess <laughs> yep. what? The guy's a gamer. He competes. Mm-hmm. If he's out of place, he's still gonna hustle to get his ass back into the play. Does right. he miss a couple tackles here and there? Sure. I love what I saw from him this season. I liked what I saw from Kyler Gordon this season. The future, yep. I think, is going to be very bright here. See, a lot of us get fixated on the cap space and the draft pick, which rightfully so. Those are important things. But I think we got some good pieces on the roster, the current roster. We can't forget about the guys here on this roster that we're going to need as well while we're talking about adding to the mix. We still have a damn good mix of people on this team. And now, I'm not going to sit, sit here and act like it's full, A-Dub, but we <laughs> still got some people there now. Let's, let's give them yeah. some credit. Absolutely. It's like you see that this Bears team – isn't all bad. You got something to work with. So I think the Bears are still in a good position where they can continue to add value to this team. And I think that's what they're looking to do in the offseason, of course. And we got some good things going well for the, for the young players that we have on this roster. So we just want to see them continue to develop and get better. We saw a lot of good things from Gordon and Brisker, how they continue to grow throughout the season. We want to see more of that for some other guys. Who's your underperformer for week 18, your bear down player of the game? My underperformer. For the game, I'm going to go with Byron Pringle. Mm. I wanted to see more from Pringle, Perez. I just didn't see it. On the game, I thought, hey, the last game of the season, go out with a bang, man. Go out with a bang. And I didn't see enough from him to try to help himself or even help the quarterback. It just looked like, hey, just wasn't a good game for him. So. Not a good year. It ain't been a good year for him. Shit. Hey, <laughs> his his Bears career started off in the in the shitter, getting arrested and all that bullshit in a weird press conference, which I don't care about what people do off the field. But I'm just like, man, I expect him to come in here and ball out. If you go come in here and make that awkward ass intro to Chicago, that's the most meaningful thing you did, and it was a distraction. Right. That was awful for him. So he's I shit. I feel like he does, yeah, he's the underperformer for week 18. He's the underperformer for the damn season. <laughs> I echo that. I agree. Because I know a lot of us were harsh on Equinemia and St. Brown, but he got a contract extension. So the organization values him because at least he works hard. At least True. he helps in the in the blocking game for the running backs. You know what I mean? I know Equinemia and St. Brown's not gonna be a top three, four target on your team, but hey, that's a glue guy and he's a team guy. And again, culture. A guy like Byron Pringle, who has the talent, he hasn't put it out there on the field. He hasn't shown you anything. Guys like him, unfortunately, they have no place on this team. Yeah, Bears are the situation. They got to move on from a guy like him, and it's unfortunate. Whatever, just get out of here, man. I I just want winners (laughs) on this team. I'm about to break into a Mike Singletary rant in about two seconds. I do not want another 3-14 and fucking season that we're talking about on this fucking show. Because this is, I'm telling y'all this, y'all don't even know how bad this is for your mental health to sit here and have to watch this shit, and then we got to talk about it too. That's hard. Y'all got to pray for me in A-Dub. This shit ain't easy. (laughs) We got families, man. People depend on us. Check on us sometimes. Please. This season was hard on us. Hard. Damn. 
it was a rough ass season. I'm talking about getting that number one pick and seeing the Packers lose eight dub. I was like, shit, oh, that's the least I deserve. <laughs> For all your pain and suffering. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about man. I was just like, man, dude, watching us lose all them games is like the kid that's sitting outside. He in trouble on punishment. And you see all the other kids in the neighborhood out there running freely and playing and, and throwing the ball around. And you're like, you, you better get out of that window. That was me watching all these other teams <laughs> in the league winning. Now I got to watch all these teams wild card Saturday, wild card Sunday. I'm sick of us being on the outside looking in. So my point is, Ryan Pulse, we are dependent on you, sir. We are depending on you. Ryan Poles, it's your show, baby. All right, man. Riley Reef, that's my underperformer, my bear down for week 18. <laughs> I don't even have to say nothing else about that. The name Riley Reef. When you think about Riley Reef, you think of turnstile. You think of Charles Leno Jr. times two. Ooh-wee. That's what I think about Riley Reef. Good riddance. He's washed. Get him off the team. Again. I want winners. I don't want people out here on this team that are washed up, that retired years ago, but they didn't realize they retired years ago. I don't want somebody like that blocking from our quarterback. I don't want that shit. And Ryan Poles, you are on the clock. You cannot have a guy like Riley Reef blocking for Justin Fields. Braxton Jones, you are on notice. Braxton Jones, I need you to, I need you to find the squat rack. I need you to get stronger in your lower body. You he gets abused by fucking bull rushes. Now, Bryson Jones, I'll give him props, man, because he played every game this season as a rookie. First round draft choice. I want winners. I want winning football players. I want a complete football player. Bryson Jones, he's got potential. But fuck potential. This ain't Little League sports no more. We ain't handing out participation trophies. This is about wins and losses. And when you can't pass protect for the quarterback, you're going to lose. Braxton Jones, you need to move into Hallis Hall this offseason and get stronger in that lower body, sir. There's no reason for you to be skipping a single leg day this offseason. Get stronger. We need you. There's no way he can come out and perform like this next season and expect to be a starting left tackle. He got to improve big time, Perez. And I thought he would have got better throughout the season. I just didn't see enough of that. So the clock is on him, too. Well, audience, here we are. It's the end of the road. The end of the 2022 season, thank God, good riddance, never want to see you again, I hate you, all that shit, get out of my life. <laughs> However, A-Dub, I'm excited about the offseason, you and I will have the audience covered on the NFL draft, so audience, we're not going anywhere, A-Dub and I will still be coming to you guys with weekly episodes, we're going to be here for the full slate of the offseason. See, to me, the offseason is going to be what the regular season is for these other teams in the league. I'm excited right, right now. Jim, I'm over here salivating thinking about this offseason. I'm so fired up right now. It's go time. But you know it's go time for Ryan Poles and the organization, baby. We all ears. We all ready. Yes, sir. Hey, hey, dub you and I deserve some time off. I know all this. Y'all like, you motherfuckers took time off last week. So don't worry about what we're doing over here. <laughs> but I promise y'all, we're going to take a week off to recalibrate. But we come back, we're going to have offseason content for y'all. And I'm telling y'all this, you are going to want to tune in for it. We're going to have all kinds of shows lined up and on deck for y'all. Y'all know how we do. We appreciate your continued support and for helping make us a top 10 Chicago Bears podcast. Good riddance 2022 season on the bigger and better. We are out.